Well, a very good day to you, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to Entering Stage Right. I'm DePaul Thomas, actor and playwright, podcasting from the heartland of America right here in old Indianapolis, Indiana. And joining me all the way from the left coast, but always entering stage right, is my wonderful co-host, the actor-director of some of the biggest hits in TV history, Philip Charles McKenzie. And a, a very good day to you, Philip. How is everything going out in Los Angeles? Well, oddly enough, we're in the uh, latter stages of August. We are battening down the hatches as yeah. tomorrow we expect a, uh, it's not a hurricane, but a, a, a fairly serious uh, tropical storm. Uh, it, it, it comes from a hurricane. I don't, I'm not sure a lot of people, uh, a lot of our listeners or people know that there are hurricanes um, on the West Coast as well, not just in the Atlantic and uh, Caribbean. And right. um, usually what, what happens, they come up the coast past like Cabo San Lucas, and then they always veer out uh, west into the ocean. Well, this one is not, although the winds will be abating some because it starts hitting colder water. Mm -hmm. However, we're looking at here starting very early tomorrow, Sunday morning, mm -hmm. and going through Monday morning, we're looking at anywhere, depending upon where you are in Southern California, mm -hmm. we're looking anywhere from uh, two and a half to six inches of rain. With, yeah, uh, with uh, with with some wind, with some wind, but not not hurricane winds, and right. it happens very rarely here. So it's a big deal on the news, and we're all, literally, like I said, we're uh, we're putting things away, uh, taking anything that could blow away, yeah, <laughs> and yeah. stash it. So so <laughs> normally I'm you know, normally I'm you know babbling on about little birds twittering and stuff so <laughs> this oh, is yes. different <laughs> and your beautiful skies and the warm day and the blooming yeah. flowers well it is today yeah it is today but uh tomorrow's a whole different ball game yeah yeah i did hear about this and i didn't realize how extreme it might be well the good news is you will be prepared and uh hopefully because as you well know what what happens and it's what happened to us up there during one of these torrential rains that took place or the mudslides can just be incredible on, on the right hillsides. and right and that's what they you know they, they're talking about uh possible flash flooding and mudslides uh, yeah. which is as yeah. you said is is quite common here when when the uh, when the when the rain is so much it just um uh, there's nowhere for it to go into the ground. So the mm -hmm. ground starts to move, as you well know. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yes, it does, brother. It well, sure speaking does. of the ground moving, there's a little bit of going on in San Francisco that I find mm -hmm. fascinating, Philip. You know, one of my... One of, uh, yeah. <laughs> One of my favorite words I'll, in this instance is schadenfreude. Um, <laughs> there's, there's, there's a delicious schadenfreude going on yeah. in San Francisco right now. Uh, there is a uh, um, our former uh, speaker of the house, one of the great Americans of all times. He said. Mm -hmm. uh, he said mm -hmm. sarcastically, Nancy mm -hmm. Pelosi had a federal office building, an 18-story tower uh, built on corner of 7th and Mission Streets, meaning mm -hmm. in the Mission District, mm -hmm. um, named after her, the Nancy Pelosi Federal Building. 
well, there's just... And by the way, this building houses uh, the Homeland Security Department of Labor, U.S. Department of Transportation, and the office of Speaker Emerita, Nancy Pelosi. But the problem is, it happens to be smack in the middle of the city's most brazen open-air drug markets, where dozens of dealers and users congregate on a daily basis. In fact, it's gotten so bad that the one of the... um, one of the uh, poobahs in the building are telling their employees, don't come to work, work from home. This is the Nancy Pelosi Federal <laughs> Building. By the mm. way, it happens to be, mm. it happens, uh, according to a lot of people, it happens to be quite an ugly building too, at uh, the cost of $144 million. Ooh. But he, here, here's my, here's the in the addition kicker. to my the <laughs> kicker to my Schadenfreude is Nancy Pelosi. Um, she's still in denial about what might have been causing this. She uh, she uh, she took aim at organized crime. I don't, mm-hmm. Yeah, I get. I organized guess when crime. you know mo- yeah. mobs and twenty and fifty the, the people go in and, yeah. and 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 rip things off. She's calling it absolutely outrageous. <laughs> How, she, no, but but don't forget, she has a history of pushing the defund the police rhetoric but now she's singing a different tune it's absolutely outrageous obviously it cannot continue but the fact is that there is an attitude of lawlessness in our country that springs from here's the best part i don't know where this is a quote (laughs) and we cannot have that lawlessness become the norm especially in front of the building named after me. That's not a quote. That's me adding on to it. I know. So, I know and this is, this, so this, 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 this is payback yeah. and schadenfreude or whatever you want to call it. It's, it's uh, again, San Francisco is a beautiful city. And it should, it should, oh. None of this should oh. be happening there. But yeah. this is too delicious yeah, no, I, to, I, uh, to yeah, pass yeah. up. I do understand. And, uh, you know, those that were pushing for Again, defund the police and pulling back and no bail. Uh, all of those seeds that were planted are bearing fruit now. You know, I know we've touched on this before, and we both know San Francisco well. You know it intimately. I've probably been there 20 times over the course of the 30 years I lived in California. But my point is this. I remember being brought up in Detroit, Michigan. Now, this would be in the late 40s, early 50s, Philip, when the automobile industry was exploding post-World War II. These were extra- this was an extraordinary city. It was a city of wealth. I'm thinking of Bloomfield Hills and Birmingham and the inner city itself and those working in at Chrysler and Ford and American Motors. They were well paid. The, and it was just a, a really an extremely vibrant place with universities and colleges and everything blossoming. Now, flash forward a half century. Yeah. It's a skeleton of what it was. Cities blossom and they die. Now, there is resurrection going on. There are a lot of creative people. There's tremendous things coming out of Detroit. But the point of it is, we're seeing it in your backyard in San Francisco, aren't we? Yes. Uh, And and, uh, and, 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 you see, I... 
I guess on some level you might be right. You know, everything and everyone, you know, you, it, it, one is born and one dies. Well, a city grows and some cities die, but it doesn't always have to. Look, no, look, it doesn't look, always look, have to happen that it doesn't, way at all. It does not have to be that way. No. Exactly. Look at look at Rome. You know, Rome after, you know, when, once the Roman Empire was gone, it was pretty well, you know, but it came back. It is still... This is over two thousand years. Yeah, Same with Athens, three three thousand, two three thousand years. These yeah. places still exist, and and it, it it's I th it's it is more. And you know this. It is more political. Absolutely, it is it's much policy. more political. It's yes. policy. It is political. Absolutely, you know, uh, and 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 uh, and it it. See, I guess my biggest problem with most politicians is their short-sightedness. They mm -hmm. love to talk about the future mm -hmm. and, uh, you know, what we can do in the future, whether it's San Francisco or Detroit or any other policy. But the... the they talk about the future. Same with all of this, uh, you know, uh, uh, alternate energy and stuff. But they never look at the reality and what is happening of what will happen in the future. Their 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 goals are so in the moment, in into the next election. So there is no real long term uh, it, yeah. view. Yeah, it's it's the question you're always asking, and rightly so. Where does it all end? Where does right. it all end? What is what's the what, what's the end game here? What's the end game? And they simply are not willing to look at it. And so no. much of it, of course, is just to satisfy the itching ears of their constituency. Well, listen, Philip, it has been quite um uh, <laughs> quite a week, and I just not that you need to get your dander up. You seem very enthusiastic today, but just one of the goings on this past week. I, I I'm sorry, I can resist anything but temptation to quote Oscar Wilde. I I I just have to mention to you in case you hadn't heard it, but one of your favorite people, Dr. Rachel Levine a uh, biological man, transgender woman, and, of course, Joe Biden's assistant secretary of health. She visited what Levine called an inspiring Alaska gender clinic that refers to mother as egg producers. It's called Identity Alaska, and it's an Anchorage nonprofit and healthcare clinic that aims to advance Alaska's lesbian, gay, bisexual, transgender, intersex, asexual, and two spirited plus community through advocacy, education, healthcare, and connectivity. And Levine thanked the clinic for providing life saving medical care, and she let them know the federal government supports them. So I just wanted you to know what else was going on this week, including that's how your tax dollars are being spent. Well, it's, tell tell me that tell me the phrase she used again. I, I need to hear it because it it's it, it set something off in me. Egg egg what what egg what? Oh, oh yeah, they're called they're called uh 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 egg on egg producers. Egg Mo producers. Are egg producers. Mothers are egg producers. So let's look at let's look at a farm. A chicken, <laughs> especially a female chicken. Well, I guess chickens are chicken female are called hens, okay? That is a gender, isn't it? They don't call them, they don't call that thing with two legs and says, bop, 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 
<laughs> they don't call it an egg producer. They call it a hen, which is a gender, a, a, a name for a gender. But humans don't quite rate that. They are just egg producers. Can you, Mamma mia. Mamma mia is right. Can you imagine this stuff going on? Philip? Yes, just, Richard Levine, one of my favorite yeah. people who, good <laughs> yeah. grief. Oh, and of course, she, you know, thinks she speaks for... Uh, of course, yeah. Uh, you right. know, the federal government for all of us, and it's in crazy. Obviously, the big news of the week, Philip, has been the politically ambitious Fannie Williams, the district attorney in the liberal Fulton County down in Atlanta, who has brought another, I guess, a fourth indictment against the former president, Donald Trump. And, uh, oh, by the way, didn't you like how Ms. Willis was able to say that she really claims to know nothing about her clerk's office and how it works and how it was that the grand jury's exact chargers were leaked on their website hours before the decision was released by the grand jury. Didn't you find that fascinating? Well, I also listened to uh, uh, Newt Gingrich, who said he can't say the person. He said, but he, he heard from someone that he has the greatest respect for and knows has known for a long time yeah that is that washington dc someone in washington you know because it's all run by the democratic party uh let let uh, this uh, the the da know they said you better do this on monday you better indict him on monday you had better indict him on monday Mm. And so she did, and so that 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 the the mistake of what did what did the clerk say? She pushed send instead of save. Well, that, you know, <laughs> you know, you know, if you're gonna lie, <laughs> go <Yeah>. big. <laughs> yeah, get a get a better cover than that. Get a better cover than. That. <laughs> but, but 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 Philip, this almost leads us into our main topic, and by that I mean the bumper charge here. Uh, that's coming out of Ms. Willis's office, obviously, is the RICO charge, the racketeer influencing and corrupt organization charge that she's using to accuse Trump of, which makes him, by the way, ultimately responsible for the acts of the other, what is it, 18, 19 defendants who include his lawyers, a Justice Department official, and the people who purported to cast electoral votes for him after he lost in Georgia. And it would appear, Philip, simply looking at this on the surface, that the weaponization of justice, the judicial procedure, continues on a roll unabated in Georgia and elsewhere. And Philip, give us, just give us a, a, little, a little broader context of this exploitation of our judiciary agencies by the executive branch. That certainly goes back, as you well know, to Obama and before, uh, serving literally the wishes and caprice of the executive office. Well, uh, 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 some of what I'm taking is from a, a great article by one of my absolute favorite writers uh, uh, at American Thinker, Clarice Feldman, a, uh, yes. uh, a, a, a fantastic attorney in Washington, who lives in Washington, D.C., has for a long time. She's actually a conservative in Washington, D.C. I think yeah. she's one of seven. Um, <laughs> but but her article, her article is very interesting. She quotes um, 
Uh, Victor Davis Hanson, but just to set it off, what Hanson said, and, and I believe it to be true, listen, yes. anytime somebody becomes a president, you know, you, you, you want your people in, uh, to, head, uh, you know, to head the DOJ, to head the Department of Defense. That, that's, that's the way it goes. Um, you know, that's always been the way it is uh, uh, to have uh, your people. And, well, but, but Obama, President Obama, started one of the most radical revolutions as in fact what he did as in legal matters what's going on against trump now is 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 he 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 began the weaponization of the justice department in this city you know you know uh uh starting with what was his buddy's name eric holder who was his uh, uh um oh yeah uh, who was his uh, uh, head of the DO, the DOJ? This what it started. This he changed the the Department of Justice to a uh, um, an unchecked uh, organization to to directly hurt enemies and help friends, not just to be sort of, uh, you know, uh, leaning one way or the other, you know, and, and let's just look at, by the way, uh, Eric Holder, I remember him, two things about Eric Holder. One of the things is he never said, he didn't say I am the, the, uh, the, um, the attorney general heading the department of justice. He said, I am Obama's wingman. Oh, I Do you remember, remember that? that? Yeah, yeah. Remember that? I'm his wingman. So that what, pretty well says it all, doesn't it? That pretty well says it all. If anybody you know thinks in terms of uh, you know flyers and planes, I'm your wingman. <laughs> I'm your guy. I am your ally. I will look after you and do what right. you want me to Which do. Which is That's totally opposed to what the DOJ is supposed to be. Totally that independent. Is, that is that is correct and also yeah. he happened to be held in contempt of congress as well That's uh, right. uh, eric holder and he basically gave them the uh, the the finger and uh, go and go bailed. f yourselves that's right he bailed on that too so th so it started under obama now let this is this is what's going on a former president of the united states there he has been served with at least a nearly a hundred felonies and 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 probably uh, the the number will grow possibly to to five hundred indictments from four different prosecutors, every one with a long record of either serious leftism or democratic service. And Victor Davis Hanson says something I find uh, quite humorous in a dark yes. way. Yeah. Charles Manson had less legal exposure. Oh dear. He had one, yeah. well, I don't know how many people were killed, five, six, or whatever it was. But so, you know, and then, yeah, and yeah. It, but, but now the one thing that Donald Trump uh, or, uh, is not being charged with, here's a little irony, is bribery. Imagine. Imagine who is taking, who yes. is really the bribe taking person? Yeah, who's let's taking money our, in office. Yeah. yeah, let's just let our, uh, uh, you know, listeners guess at that, which of course they already know. But this is, this is, um, yeah. and this is how, uh, you want to talk about weaponization. This is gangsterism. The mm -hmm. last four FBI directors mm -hmm. have either admitted they lied under oath. Mm. Isn't that perjury? And aren't you supposed to go to jail? Mm -hmm. uh, but mm -hmm. I guess they haven't. Um, uh, um, or they claimed ignorance or amnesia. Uh, you know, when you ask them a question, the former CIA director, Brennan, admitted 
to lying twice under oath. This guy still goes to restaurants and goes home. He's this guy still jail. goes on CNN and he's uh, that's you know right. their he's, spokesperson. Uh, that's right. That's exactly right. The FBI hired uh, social media corporations to suppress election cycle news to help the left. That's the FBI. So this, this whole thing, this whole thing, this weaponization against your political enemies. You know, it's one thing to run for office, and it's another thing to 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 try and, in the case of Donald Trump, whether one likes Trump to be president or not. This this is out to destroy the man, and then it gets so bad. That the uh, 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 Jack Smith, the one who uh, brought the charges right. uh, after having a grand jury in Washington, D.C., and then saying, oh, we're going to bring the charges in Florida, which is, which is bizarre in itself. But the, the, there's a, a district judge in, uh, in, uh, in D.C., her name is Tanya Chutkin. Now right. she, we spoke she, about her it, last week a little bit. Yeah. Well, yeah, well, here's a little more information on her. This, mm -hmm. this, this, this woman from the beginning has been against trump and she is supposed to adjudicate this she has been against trump she basically has called him i will quote um she, she and she talks about uh, uh january 6th before she was a judge i mean i mean not in her capacity as a judge just watching it she without um with just her opinion as a person you know, like you and me down there or someone down the street watching it. She said this in public. This was nothing less than an attempt to violently overthrow the government, the legally, lawfully, peacefully elected government by individuals who were mad at that mm -hmm. their guy lost. So that's Trump. And then mm -hmm. she keeps going on to say uh, it's blind loyalty to one person who, by the way, remains free to this day. This is a judge. This yeah. is a woman who was supposed to adjudicate this case. Yeah, yeah. If yeah. that's not prejudice, and and and, and oh, this gee. woman shouldn't be recused, is is beyond belief. So this yeah. just goes on and on. Uh, um, you know the. Uh, uh, the, the 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 weaponization Jonathan Turley talks about it a lot about the you know and how everything having to do with um, with uh, uh, by the way uh, with President uh, Robert L Peters are you familiar with our current president Robert L Peters Well I think it's just a beautiful uh, pseudonym don't you Well no, no but there's more there's more <laughs> he he is also we our our current president his name is also called Robin Ware. And, oh. oh, wait, and there's one more. He is also called President J.R.B. Ware. And this is the president of the United States, Robert, Robert L. Ware. Uh, meaning this is the guy who sits in the White House or, you know, lounges on the beach in, yes. uh, in, in uh. Delaware. This is the guy who comes up with aliases to hide the monies that are being shuffled between accounts to uh, to uh, to separate him from the from the bribery we talked about that a little earlier because Trump was never accused of bribery but this guy this no problem here you know it's just uh, yeah, a father it, it, in love with his son right it, uh, isn't that it's, what it is it's a huge really breaking story that again in the middle of the fourth indictment is sort of uh, pushed aside uh, by the legacy media. I mean, imagine, right. while Vice President of the United States, 
communicating under such pseudonyms as Robert L. Peters with his son, Hunter Biden, and his son's business associates. I don't care if it were Donald Trump, Jimmy Carter, Ronald Reagan. I don't care if it were F. This is so flagrant that literally, folks, the curtain is coming down on the Biden administration. And there are those even within uh, the other side of the aisle who are aware of the fact that his integrity is so compromised that he simply cannot stay in. I mean, forget the fact that he's our King Lear and uh, doesn't know where he is half the time. But the point is, is yeah, I, I found that so egregious. I couldn't believe it this week, Philip. I mean, aliases. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Just, just hey, we, we, we got to set up all the LLCs. We got to set this one up. And when the money comes from China or Burisma, we send it through here and then we transfer it over to here oh. to, uh, to, to one account. And then we'll, we'll still make sure that the big guy gets yeah. his, his 10%. I yeah. believe he gets more than 10% in some things. And by the way, Hunter Biden, you hear him talking literally in, 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 uh, in texts and things that uh, he wasn't thrilled about this. Well, I got to give him this money. We got to give him his cut. Yo, yo. And, 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 yo. And, and, and Donald Trump is the one who has going to have 500 indictments against him. Yeah. Fi- imagine that. Just like uh, uh, VDH was saying. I mean, you know, it's just unbelievable. Over 500 indictments for prosecutors. Well, listen, I want to quickly get back to our uh, district attorney, Fannie Willis, and, and her overarching uh, uh, RICO charge. <laughs> You know, Philip, that, that, it kind of reminds me of the old, uh, what is it, the Shakespeare Macbeth's quote? What did he say? I, I have only vaulting ambition, which overleaps itself. I mean, she has gone over the top, and most legitimate legal scholars agree. She's loaded up the indictment with allegations about pressuring state legislators and the overturning of electoral votes in states out of her jurisdiction. And then she's got multiple uh, fel- uh, felony charges uh, with documents that had no legal effect. And, of course, we know this, much of the indictment targets political speech, such as Trump's giving nationally televised speeches and tweeting. And, Philip, this may be the kicker. Willis charges Trump's lawyers— such as John Eastman and Kenneth Cheesebro, with crimes for giving bad legal advice. Now, this isn't... (laughs) (laughs) Wow. If if all attorneys who gave bad legal advice, they'd all be in jail. And and, and it's such an overt, and that's why I quote the bard, you know, or vaulting ambition. It's such an overreach, but then, of course... We know that anything can happen in liberal Fulton County, which, by the way, has a reputation for a lot of political shenanigans. So, Philip, do you really think in Trump's case here, if this goes to trial, that the county is going to provide him with a uh, – Anything less than a prejudicial jury of his peers, I can't. Say well, I bet your money when he shows up, they're gonna, they're gonna, they're gonna, uh, uh, just to make a political point because it didn't happen even with Alvin Bragg in New York. They're gonna, yeah. they're gonna, they're gonna, they're gonna do a, a mugshot with him, and it, and it will be out in the media in seven seconds. A oh. mugshot of our former and possibly next president of the United States. You know what it is, it, as you were talking, it made me think that 
you know, with, with so many of these charges that are just nothing charges. You know, it, it's the old thing, and I think it has to do with all four of these um, uh, uh, these these indictments and, and, and mm-hmm. prosecutions. First of all, given the timing that he's running for president. And secondly, you know, it's the old thing, you throw enough you-know-what against the wall to see what, what sticks. sticks and, it's, and it's and it's and it's a and it's a um mm. it, it's very emblematic of what's been going on with this you charge everything everything you throw every charge mm-hmm. you can come up with and and uh if there mm. are th- they, if, if there's let's say 30 charges you know thrown out you know i'm sure a, a, a bare minimum have any any possible validity and and in this case i don't believe any of them do because this all has to do as you said with yeah. free speech with free yeah. speech and and something he sends on twitter that's evidence of what his opinion <laughs> since when can't the guy have an opinion yeah it's yeah. pretty pretty and, pretty and, staggering and, and and this is why you know uh and people may think it's hyperbolic when we're talking about comparing these things to, uh, you know, like a banana court and and just obviously how the judiciary uh, has been used time and time again by oppressive regimes to go after its political opponents. That's right. not its purpose. The great glorious purpose is to say to its citizenry, you are innocent until proven guilty. And not only that, but guess what? Um, There better be a real good crime. And as VDH and you just pointed out, the person who's been caught with money in his hands, the person who we know, and I think we can say it, is involved in a quid pro quo bribery scheme is none other than the sitting president of the United States. Listen, Philip, I'm- I'm, President Peters. Yeah, President Peters. I'm <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna quickly move to my uh, just kind of skim over my little PS because it's all again out of the same cloth. It's all again out of this weaponization of the state against the individual rights, and by that I am uh, you know making reference. Real quickly, Philip, before you go into maybe something lighter and brighter with your PS, but I'm making reference to the three New Jersey school districts that are being sued by the state because they maintain that their schools should tell the parents if the child who might be under counseling there at the school wants to change his or her gender identity. The state of New Jersey is coming back and saying this violates discrimination laws and could harm trans kids and all the parents are simply saying is don't we have a right to know this information about our all old about our own own children and i i know this kind of stuff drives you absolutely crazy philip and then i just have to make quick passing reference to the case in massachusetts this past week where two devout catholics he a Gulf War veteran, she, a special ed teacher, were refused by the Massachusetts Department of Children and Families the right to become foster care parents because, well, let me let me just see this quote. How does the how does the the Massachusetts Department of Children and Families put it in their assessment? Oh yeah, here it is. They are lovely people. 
But then they continue to say regarding LGBT issues, quote, their faith is not supportive and neither are they. They would not be affirming to a child who identified as LGBTQIA and therefore the Burks were rejected. Now, Philip, let's carry this out just one step again. Where is all this hitting? What is the end game? Philip, I mean, under gender zealotry, blat- well, this, is, this is blatant religious bigotry, which surely has to apply to millions of believing Protestants, Jews, Muslims, and one can't help but wonder, oh, I wonder here if the Massachusetts Department of Children and Families have done extensive long-term comparative studies of fitness and outcomes of religious parents versus, oh, let's say trans parents. I wonder if that's been done. It's, It's insanity. Well, you know this. Uh, what I'm thinking this. So, so what you're saying, and what they are saying, and what New Jersey is saying, and what California is saying too. Mm. The game they're playing about about suing, uh, the, as we talked about last week, local school uh, boards for their decisions, suing them for civil rights violations. Since when do gay rights trump the Constitution? Yeah. You see what's it? They. If you don't affirm or, or, or go along with gay rights, you lose all your rights as a citizen under, under, under the Constitution of the United States. I heard someone the other day say, I think it's in the New Jersey thing, or, or, that they were saying, well, you know, uh, parents have a place at the table in all this. Oh, well, isn't that nice of the government to tell parents, yeah, with your kids, yeah, you might have something to say about it. What are we talking about here? Parents, again, we talk about it all the time, that the family is the bulwark against this total destruction. So in Massachusetts, they're saying, if you don't affirm, you don't have a right to have have a family. To, no. to be, well, it's it, not just to be foster parents, but I'm sure they, oh, they could have a, I, I'm sure the list could go on and on and on what they Correct. wouldn't allow them to do. Correct. So, the, so, 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 um, yeah. so, 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 uh, trans rights have, uh, have, uh, been uh, elevated over the Constitution. That's what's going on here. Yeah, and the state legislatures have got to get a grip on this. Uh, Massachusetts is a heavily uh, uh, Catholic-populated state. You know that. And uh, the bishops and other people should be coming out and pushing back and say, listen, enough is enough. Philip, uh, do it. But you know what? As we've talked about, that that takes courage. And that remains, uh, I'm sad to say, that remains to be seen if they have the courage to say, you can't do this, or will they roll over as well? Well, speaking to of keep courage, the peace, yeah, you know, yeah, to keep yeah, the yeah. peace. Oh, yeah, yeah. No, you're absolutely right. Well, I'm speaking, though, of courage and also kind of a sweet irony. Uh, give us uh, give us a flair for your PS here, because I... I fa- I found it, uh, again, uh, there was a sweetness to the irony of this story. 
Yeah, well, uh, you know, a couple of years ago, one of our earlier, uh, one of our earliest podcasts, uh, yeah. probably, uh, we we talked about the the, the uh, uh, changes in uh, names of sports teams away from names that uh, were were Indian American Indian related, right. and uh, and I remember the Cleveland Indians are now the Cleveland uh, Ca- uh, oh. Uh, uh, guardians, whatever that means, and then the biggest one that that this article, particular article, relates to is that the Washington Redskins, one of the great teams in the NFL, they had to change their name to the Washington Commanders. Mm. And by the way, all of that came from <laughs> twelve or fifteen uh, college-educated leftist white people who say, you can't have Indian names because it's, uh, it's racist and blah, blah, blah. Well, this is what happened this week. This is, this is, again, this is very delicious. Uh, in a, a group of Native Americans, and the group is called Native American Guardians Association, mm. have come out and are threatening to boycott the Washington Commanders, as uh, unless they change their name back to the Washington Redskins. The, 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 the founder and president, Eunice Davidson, Davidson, sent a demand letter to the Washington Commanders' ownership and key leadership, formally requesting the team revitalize its relationship with the American Indian community and rightfully change the names back. Now, this is, this is what's interesting to me. The letter mm-hmm. included in the letter is this phrase, but it says the letter blasted the team for engaging in cancel culture. <gasps> Where have we heard that by for, by, <laughs> before? By dumping by dumping its more than 90-year-old name and said that by getting rid of the name, they are eradicating Native American culture. I love that better. I love that That's right. It gets better, though. The group says it aims to highlight the, quote, see, a lot of people don't know this, the steadfast role in American history, including serving American Indians serving as counselors to the founding fathers in the creation of the U.S. Constitution. Mm-hmm. So they are saying, "Why, wow. with your little cancel culture, we're the ones you are canceling." And they, by the way, I saw somewhere else in another article related to this last week that there's an overwhelming, close to ninety percent, somewhere in the upper eighties or something, of of American Indians saying, put the name back, put the name Redskins back. What are you doing? Why are you doing this to us? Mm-hmm. And so, um, so it's, it, it, they, want to le- they want to encourage Americans to learn about and not cancel the history of America's tribes and their founding role, as I said, our role in the founding of the great nation. Now, to, to put a little PS on this, yes. they, they, there's, there's a, 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 a they very specifically said, if you stand with the natives or stand with the eradication of, of the movement of all names and imagery. Now, this, there's an, uh, uh, a, uh, an illustration of Long Island in New York, of uh, Manhasset, city of Manhasset, their team, Indians, gone. The uh, Wontaw, the Warriors, gone. Massapequa Chiefs, 
gone, and on and on, all throughout Long Island. And that's just an example of the, as the uh, uh, Native American Guardians Association said, this is not doing something uh, good and getting racism. This is about canceling people who are proud of their place in American history. Was there, were there bad things done to American Indians? Ladies, yes, 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 yes. Same yes. thing with slavery. Yeah, you know. But let's let's you know let's let's have a little balance. You know, let's, let's, let's have a little yeah. balance. And so what, I, I salute yeah. I salute the Native American Guardians uh, Association. Amen and amen. I love it, and uh, I hope they're not going to come after the Kansas City Chiefs because I'll tell you something. I don't think they're going to put up with it in Kansas City. And uh, by the way, the Atlanta Braves have been steadfast as well. Yeah. Well, I think know, one of the reasons know, the Washington Redskins rolled over is because they're in the nation's capital. You know, you, know. you know, it's what you bring in your perspective, Philip. If you're uber sensitized and if you're uh, uh, attempting to show, you know, all of the ignominy and the shame and every mistake that has been done in the past, if the sins of the father are indeed your, your compelling uh, 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 reason to act, I'm just thinking when I was a kid, and by the way, that's what we have right here in Indianapolis. They're the Indianapolis Indians. And when I heard, uh, you know, when I followed the Redskins, do you know what thoughts came into my mind? About their courage, about that's their right. strength, about their ability to be, uh, uh, on, in some level, royal warriors. Now imagine in the, in the mind of a young person, these are the qualities that you bring. And I think that's what this organization is saying. Listen, we played a huge role, and in some ways, you're canceling the positive aspect of who we were. Does that make sense? Well, think of this. Just what you said about courage. The Atlanta Braves. Exactly. An Indian brave. Jeez, what does that say? It, yeah. <laughs> you know, and I knew, and we said this again. This is going back a couple of years to to, yeah, to yeah, another yeah. podcast we did. But to read, yeah. but 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 to iterate this is is every kid I knew, including myself, I wanted to be an Indian. Yeah. You know, you're playing cowboys and Indians with your friends. I want to be the Indian. <laughs> yeah. You know, this was the cool thing. And why are all these leftists like Elizabeth Warren and all these frauds and universities and and in and, and colleges? Why are they why are they all claiming Indian heritage, American Indian heritage? Yeah. Well, if they're so racist, why 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 do they want to claim that? Because it says something special to them. It makes them special and yet at the yeah. same time they're saying to the to the washington redskins well you got to change your name because that's racist the yeah. the idiocy here is 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 sort of uh right on top right on top up there with uh with nancy pelosi's the, the nancy pelosi <laughs> federal building <laughs> well listen uh speaking of uh speaking of courage uh i i just want to give us a, a quick hero I'm talking about old Common Joe here, uh, uh, Philip. Uh, Joe Kennedy, uh, not to be confused with the uh, freewheeling uh, bootlegger of Massachusetts uh, old days, uh, present, uh, you know, father, father of uh, John Kennedy, etc. But uh, Joe Kennedy uh, did end a seven-year legal battle. It 
his victory ended up at the Supreme Court. And he was the one who back on the field September 1, he will be back on the field September 1, coaching football and taking a knee in prayer. He said, I've been looking forward to this since the 2015 season. I'm praying for a fantastic fall for our, by fall, he means the fall season, for our Knights, K-N-I-G-H-T-S, which might be a despairing use of the Knights. But anyway, in 2015, he lost his job as the assistant football coach in Bremerton, beautiful Bremerton, Washington, about 30 miles west of Seattle, and he began coaching there in 2008. He made a covenant with God. He's a war veteran. He uh, was so thankful for his rights, and he said to God, I'm going to say a prayer on the 50-yard line at the end of each game. Uh, no team members were accepted, were expected to join him. No one else had to come. Uh, occasionally, some students would and so forth, but the complaint was filed, and the Bremerton School District learned of his routine, and they told him he could no longer pray silently after these games, even by himself. Kennedy kept his covenant. He took his decision, cost him his job. He decided to fight back in a lawsuit. The Supreme Court, which heard the argument, ruled in his favor. It's been June 2022. As of September 2023, he is back on the field. Philip, living proof, pushing back. Tenacity pays off, and sometimes common sense can prevail. If half of the nation can bow down in protest to the pledge of uh, to the uh, uh, what's our what's our national anthem, Jose? Can, the Star Spangled Banner. Yeah, uh, the Star Spangled Banner. Yeah, let's let Common Joe be able to bow and give thanks whether they won or whether they won or lost for a football game makes sense to me doesn't it to you you know what you, you know it's funny about this in in, in an odd way it his his crime or how he was punished for his yeah. i'm saying crime in quotes yeah. you would think that he took a shotgun and told his team every one of you guys get out here and kneel down with me yeah <laughs> Oh yeah, you know, it's it's it, it's like it was like it was compelled and forced. No, him by himself, all by himself. He <laughs> prays. No, we can't have that. No, you know, you know we, grief. Yeah, It'll destroy yeah. the whole country. No, I know what it is. My favorite phrase. It'll destroy our democracy, democracy. which the left is favorite imagine, of him. Everything's about our democracy. Imagine we could teach LGBTQIA and any ideology we want to our kindergartens, but God forbid somebody should even talk about prayer well there you go philip i'm telling oh by the way uh, this is a nice little uh, exclamation point to it a movie is in production on joe kennedy by g and g and d production and it's just going to be called average joe good <laughs> sounds good to me <laughs> oh my friend what a joy to be with you today but there is the old school bill that a bell that actually needs some oiling, it seems to me. It's getting a little slow on the draw. But uh, it's time to wrap it up, folks, and say goodbye to all of our wonderful listeners. And in way of reminder, regardless of what is going on in this crazy, topsy-turvy world of ours, we live in a great country. It's a free country. Let's keep it that way. We have got so much to be thankful for. And we're thankful for you, listener. Have a great week till we meet again. 
At the same time next week, this is D. Paul Thomas and Philip Charles McKenzie inviting you to join us next week for another podcast of Entering Stage Right.